Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Canada announced its latest climate plan earlier this week, which aims to spend billions of dollars on clean energy technology and to slash emissions by 40 to 45 percent over the next eight years. But since Canada hasn't met the emissions pledges it set in the Paris Agreement back in 2015, many are doubtful that the Great White North could meet its goals. So today I'm talking to Politico Zian Lum through the details of Canada's ambitious climate plan. It's Thursday, March 31st. So, Zian, what are the key parts and goals of Canada's new climate plan out this week? Well, first off, it's the first of many mandatory plans that are due from the federal government. So this emissions reductions plan came out because Parliament here passed a law last year about net zero accountability. So built into that law was this requirement for government to release many mandatory plans about how they plan to cut emissions. And the government hedged that it's kind of a living document, it will evolve. So what else is new in this plan is that there are interim EV sales targets for 2026 and 2030. The government had previously promised that they want to make 100% of all new EV sales by 2035. Another kind of piece of the plan this week was this kind of promise of a cap on emissions from the oil and gas sector. There wasn't a lot of detail in regards to that specific measure, but there was some sort of modeling to kind of get the conversation started and rolling between governments and industry here. Yeah, interesting, because I mean, I think the oil and gas sector specific targeting is is interesting, just given that, you know, we've seen the federal government kind of fight with some of the oil producing provinces like Alberta over climate policy, because these areas are still heavily dependent on fossil fuels. So you write that there's a major hole. I mean, what exactly is missing here? Yeah, that's the big piece that's missing, because you can't really cut emissions substantively in a major oil producing country without bringing in measures to kind of limit emissions in the oil and gas sector. So a bit of context for that kind of emissions gap is that during last year's federal election campaign, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's Liberal Party, they campaigned on this promise to introduce a cap on emissions for the oil and gas sector. Obviously, it kind of irritated relations further with Alberta, which is the major oil producing province here. Those conversations will continue to evolve for the next few months. We're not expected to see a lot of details. But yeah, those are some missing details that will be essential in how Canada accounts for its climate math and actually be able to count that it is effectively cutting and reducing emissions. Yeah, so remind us, I mean, how is Canada performing overall when it comes to its Paris Agreement pledge and reducing its emissions? Well, the short answer would be not well. The longer answer would be, you know, the federal environment watchdog released this rather scathing report last year that identified Canada as the worst performing G7 nation on greenhouse gas emissions since the Paris Agreement's adoption in 2015. 
for the oil and gas and you know transportation sectors, specifically, emissions have increased by 20% and 16% since 2005, respectively. So there's lots of room for improvement for Canada, for oil and gas, and for the transport sector, because oil and gas accounts for about just over a quarter of Canada's emissions, and the transport sector accounting for about 25% of Canada's emissions. Yeah, and how are you seeing... Russia's invasion of Ukraine impact both the, kind of the specific details of this plan and just the the larger politics and, and political positioning. I mean, are you seeing the politics kind of shifted both in this plan and, and more broadly based on what's happened? Absolutely, a hundred percent. Canada's a you know major energy exporting country, mostly to the U.S. So Canada was one of the first country that came out to ban Russian oil and crude. But that was a really easy kind of position for Canada to take because if Canada hasn't imported Russian oil since, I think, 2019. But now what's happening in Ukraine has kind of exposed the lack of export infrastructure in Canada. So it's kind of handicapped our ability to help the U.S. and also European countries alleviate the energy crunch that a lot of countries are currently feeling. So that has given, you know, a lot of fuel to opposition parties here to kind of like point to liberals and say, oh, you know, we should have built more export terminals for oil and gas. We should have put less credence onto our environmental and climate kind of, you know, ambitions. And the government has kind of doubled down in response saying, you know, no, it's time to move ahead with an aggressive climate agenda. So that's the narrative that they're pushing right now. Also, President Joe Biden is eyeing using wartime powers to help secure U.S. sources of critical minerals that are considered key components of clean energy technologies. That's according to two people familiar with the Biden administration's thinking. Biden could potentially use the Defense Production Act to help secure the materials within the U.S. to help boost battery production. More batteries would ultimately help the growing market for electric vehicles and power storage on the electric grid. For context, while the U.S. possesses many of these minerals, industry and some lawmakers of both parties have said that regulations have deterred development and also forced the U.S. to rely on nations like China, Russia, South Africa, and Australia. The Biden administration's potential use of wartime powers also comes as the prices of battery minerals like nickel, lithium, and cobalt have surged during Russia's war in Ukraine. Russia is a leading producer of nickel, copper, and other minerals, and even before the war, prices were already rising. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that, one day, can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com forward slash RNG.